Detroit Lakes, your Viking football station. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. The KDLM Sports Wrap. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. There's a lot of morons in the mainstream media that just don't get it. Join the conversation on Facebook Live as they stream the show live from the KDLM studio. I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. Hello and welcome. If you're competent in an age of incompetence, that makes you appear extraordinary. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Forest Hills Resort is not responsible for errant shots. <laughs> they must have known Zeke was coming. Where's he from? I'm from Detroit Lakes. I'm not an expert, but I do have a strong opinion. Detroit Lakes go crazy! We're still here! We're still here! Get up! Come on, get up! If you're as tight as I am! Yeah! KD Lemba Station. You can count on happy rainy Thursday, everybody. This is the KD Sports Wrap. And a lot to talk about today. We've got uh, some Vikings news to talk about, especially uh, Herb Smith Jr., who, you know, Tuesday when, when it was announced that he was going to have some, some knee surgery, it was a, a, a timetable of four weeks to six months, but now it's uh, way beyond that, where they're saying likely going to miss the entire. 2021 season, so Vikings making some tight end moves, including bringing back one local kid uh, from Holly, from NDSU, going to compete for a spot on the Vikings roster. Now we'll talk about that. Actually, in uh, in 20 minutes, we'll have Sam Ekstrom from Purple Insider going to join us on the wrap this morning to talk the final 53 for the Vikings and some some other miscellaneous Vikings tidbits as well. Sam Ekstrom joins us right around 9.50 here on KDLM. Uh, Gopher football kicks off their season tonight at 7 o'clock against number 4-ranked Ohio State. And a highly anticipated Twins prospect made his debut last night. Didn't go exactly how he wanted it to, but still looked pretty good in the process. Let's rewind the last 24 hours in sports. Rewind time. Rewind. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I mean, there's stone strikes. I was a, a little surprised to see first pitch swing, um, but hey, it's uh, a good welcoming, and I'll take a, a strike uh, wherever I can get one. So that was good. Um, yeah, just filmed the zone. Um, they probably knew I was going to attack with a heater, so I did just that and felt pretty good. That was Twins pitcher Joe Ryan after making his debut against the Chicago Cubs last night. Twins fall to Chicago 3 to nothing. The Twins acquired Ryan in the Nelson Cruz trade back on July 22nd. He's now the number six prospect in the Twins organization. Pitched very well for Team USA in the Olympics. Was assigned to AAA St. Paul last month. He just lights out, allowing two runs, 17 strikeouts in nine innings for Joe Ryan. Made his Major League debut for the Twins last night, and it was a pretty good outing except for, for one little thing. Corey Provis breaks down last night's 3-0 loss to Chicago. Twins and the Cubs wrapping up a quick two-game interleague series and some hype and some buzz at the ballpark leading up to this ballgame. That's because the Twins had a young man on the mound making his major league debut. Northern California native Joe Ryan, one of two pitchers the Twins acquired from Tampa Bay. In the July Nelson Cruz trade, Ryan had two outstanding starts with the Saints, and he got a chance to make his big league debut on a beautiful Wednesday night in downtown Minneapolis. He was looking good early, retired the first six. He had two strikeouts. That high fastball that we heard a lot about was playing well, but then command went away for a bit in the third, and it was costly. 
He walked Alfonso Rivas to begin the inning, struck out, though, Sergio Alcantara. But then Andrew Romine doubled off the wall in right. But then it looked like Ryan was going to get out of it as Rafael Ortega flied out to center. But then Frank Schwindel batting for Chicago with homered in back-to-back games, got a pitch to his liking in the third. And the 1-1, a rocket to left field, down the line, trouble. That ball is traveling, and that's gone. After two sliders, got a fastball to his liking and launches a two-out, three-run homer to left. And the Cubs take a 3-0 lead. It was a fastball off of Ryan, a two-out, three-run shot to left, and that was a 3-0 Cub lead at that point. After that, Ryan worked a 1-2-3-4th, a 1-2-3-5th. He came out. He went five innings, those three runs. He struck out five. The problem was not him, the offense. The Twins against the Cubs, who came in with one of the worst records going in the game since the All-Star break, high-pitching ERA. Well, the Twins only scored one run against that Cub team on Tuesday, and they scored nothing on Wednesday night. In fact, they were shut out for the sixth time all year. The Twins only had two hits. Those were two Brent Rooker singles, and the Twins' offense just nothing to speak of in this series, and the Cubs go on to shut out the Twins 3 to nothing. So Ryan the loss, but not too shabby in his big league debut. The Twins fall to 58-75 and 75 as the Cubs win for the 59th time this season. Twins are off Thursday. They are on the road Friday against the first-place Tampa Bay Rays, and Randy Dobnak makes his return. He'll start game one at 6-10. But the final from Wednesday, Cubs sweep the series, win the second game 3 to nothing. From Target Field, Corey Provis on your home for Twins Baseball. Twins off today, then heading down to Tampa Bay for a three-game series. Twins uh, took two or three from Tampa Bay back on August 13th, 14th, and 15th. Tampa Bay first place in the American League East, seven-game lead over the Yankees. The Rays are 84-94. and 94. A little bit more Twins news. The, the starting rotation for next year is has a, a major question mark in it. Pitcher Kenta Maeda underwent Tommy John surgery yesterday. And he'll miss the next 9 to 12 months as part of the recovery, which, uh, by my Minnesota math, puts him uh, not back by April to start the season in the rotation for the Minnesota Twins. Might opt to have an internal brace placed in his arm as part of the surgery. The brace uh, is going to reduce recovery time and allow Maeda to actually return faster because the original timetable was 12 to 18 months. Maeda finished the season 6-5 and five with a 4.66 ERA over 21 starts. A uh, little bit different results than we figured we'd get from the 2021 Cy Young runner-up. And so looking at the starting rotation next year, you could see uh, guys like Joe Ryan, who pitched yesterday, Bailey Ober, Griffin Jacks, Randy Dobnak making the rotation. Twins could look to free agency, but the the way free agency has gone the last two years for the Twins, uh, guys like Rich Hill and Homer Bailey two years ago didn't work out. Guys we signed last offseason, Jay Happ, gone. Matt Schumacher, Gone. So if the Twins can make a, t- a quick turnaround this season, finding pitching once again going to be a top priority because, I mean, they had an ace and they, they traded him to Toronto. <coughs> the Vikings making some roster moves yesterday as well, most notably in the tight end position. Irv Smith Jr., uh, timetable on that meniscus injury is uh, a lot longer than originally expected. The original timetable was was a broad four weeks to, to six months but now uh, likely to miss the entire 2021 season as he recovers from that injury. And, and meniscus tears, from my understanding, are are, are very are very finicky. Because you, you may remember uh, when Jimmy Butler was a Timberwolf, he had that meniscus tear, the slight meniscus tear in his knee against Houston. 
and missed a lot of time, but was able to come back and have a pretty successful run with the Wolves in the playoffs, only losing in in four games to the Houston Rockets in that playoff. But but for football, to my understanding, a little bit more difficult to come back from that sooner, especially when you're a big tight end like like Irv Smith Jr. So the, the Vikings do make a couple moves yesterday. Right now, Tyler Conklin is uh, expected to be ready for week one. He's also on the men from a hamstring injury. In a, a text that Conklin shared from Irv Smith yesterday said, quote, go get paid, is what the text said. Uh, Conklin is going to be a free agent after this season. The Vikings making a couple moves yesterday, uh, sending a fourth-round pick in next year's draft to the New York Jets for Chris Herndon, 25 years old, six foot four, 253-pound tight end. The Vikings also bringing home Ben Ellison, Holly native, through NDSU. He was waived by the Jacksonville Jaguars and claimed by the Vikings yesterday. So not only uh, Detroit Lakes native Adam Thielen on the Vikings, but also Holly native Ben Ellison getting that Highway 10 pipeline to the Minnesota Vikings going. If you may remember back in 2020, the Vikings did meet with Ben Ellison uh, virtually to express their interest in him as an undrafted free agent out of NDSU, but uh, instead got a better deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars, went down there. But as fate would have it, Ellison now a member of the Minnesota Vikings. A little bit of quick gopher news before we send it to Sam Ekstrom with Purple Insider. We'll talk to Sam next about the Vikings' final 53 and just some some confusion with, with the long snapper and now no punter and Everson Griffin being cut and then brought back and just, just a whole bunch of questions, Minnesota Vikings-wise, for Sam Extra Purple Insider. But first, Gopher football set to open the season tonight. Huntington Bank Stadium, that's the new name of TCF Bank Stadium, going to be open to full capacity tonight for the first time since 2019 when the Gophers host number 4 Ohio State. Uh, Gophers going to have their work cut out for them, though. The program hasn't beat the Buckeyes since 2000. Hasn't haven't beat the Buckeyes in Minnesota since 1981. They've lost 27 of their last 28 meetings. Gophers currently 14 point underdogs against Ohio State, who uh, opens the season as number four in the country in the coaches' poll. Kickoff on that game is seven o'clock tonight. And Gopher volleyball they took on number one Texas last night, and they fall in in, in four sets. 24-26, 21-25, 25-21, and 22-25 last night at the Maturi Pavilion. The Gophers now 1-2 and two were led by redshirt senior Stephanie Samity, who finished with 21 kills and 19 digs to earn her 45th career double-double. Taylor Landfair and Jenna Wenis uh, both notched 11 kills apiece. CeCe McGraw tallied a season-high 24 digs and posted a 960 reception percentage in 25 chances. Gophers are back on the court on Sunday afternoon at Florida at 1 o'clock. Here's what's coming up on KDLL. We'll take a quick break. We'll get your Gopher Daily Update, your Twins Minute, and then we're going to be joined by Sam Ekstrom from Purple Insider and PurpleInsider.com. We'll talk about the Vikings' final 53-man roster, uh, some changes he sees potentially on the horizon, and uh, we'll, we'll find out what's going on with the, the Vikings' special team room because uh, I, I'm pretty sure only one special team player left on the Vikings, and that's their kicker. We'll talk to Sam Ekstrom next on KDLM. Hi, I'm Mike Am with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. 
The destruction caused by Hurricane Ida will keep the Saints away from the Superdome for the start of the regular season. The team's week one home opener against the Packers will now be played in Jacksonville. After two road games, the Saints hope to play in New Orleans again in week number four. The roster shakeups continue around the NFL Wednesday as the Cowboys sign veteran running back Corey Clement and ex-Panthers QB Will Greer as a potential backup to Dak Prescott. Meanwhile, the Vikings brought back Pro Bowl defensive end Everson Griffin one day after releasing him, while the Patriots did the same with Brian Hoyer, signing the QB to their practice squad. Elsewhere, Colts wide receiver T.Y. Hilton and Ravens first-round pick Rashad Bateman will both begin the season on injured reserve. They're eligible to return in week number four. But Vikings tight end Irv Smith Jr. will be out a little bit longer. He's expected to miss four to five months after knee surgery. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. It's time once again for Twins Minute. I'm Chris Atterbury. Well, Joe Ryan made his much-anticipated debut. He went five innings, gave up three runs on one home run by Frank Schwindel. We heard Rocco talk about his poise, about his composure. But what did Joe Ryan think about his performance as a big leaguer for the very first time? Yeah, it was it was fun. I mean, just throwing strikes. I was a little surprised to see first pitch swing. Um, but, hey, it's uh, a good welcoming, and I'll take a, a strike uh, wherever I can get one. So that was good. Um, yeah, just filling the zone. Um, they probably knew I was going to attack with a heater, so I did just that and felt pretty good. Yeah, they knew it. Couldn't hit it anyway. Then they did figure it out. He went to change-ups and sliders uh, back half of the night. And, in fact, retired the last seven men that he faced after the ball game. He gave all sorts of colorful quotes and stories and proved to be quite charming and charismatic as well. But it's really all about the pitching, and we'll see in five days again when Joe Ryan takes the mound as he continues to grow. This presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. It's game night in Minneapolis. The University of Minnesota football team hosts Ohio State, ranked fourth in the country tonight. We'll hear from the Gopher quarterback next. The Gophers and Cub team for a two-week campaign called Cub Kindness. This vendor-supported promotion helps to raise dollars for the Gopher football Coach Flex Row the Boat Fund at Masonic Children's Hospital. Please consider donating at the register during this time, and while at Cub, pick up your favorite General Mills, Kemp's, Bernatello's, Kellogg's, or Dove products. Cub, proud sponsor and the official grocer of Gopher Athletics. Golden Gopher quarterback Tanner Morgan says finally getting back to action with fans in the stands is exciting. It's kind of hard to put it to words, right, because you know, what we went through last year as a team um, and now being able to, to, to play against, you know, one of the best teams in the country right off the, uh, right off the bat uh, with a team that, that truly does love each other uh, and is excited to play somebody else uh, instead of ourselves uh, as we have done this entire month. Uh, but, I mean, the feeling in the locker room is, is really excited. Obviously, we know it's a, a huge competition against, you know, a, a very talented team. Uh, it's an elite opportunity for us, but our guys are really excited. You know, you can you can look at, you know, our roster or, or the guys sixth year, fifth year, and, you know, even seventh year, guys who have been here a long time, who have uh, been through the muck. And, and, you know, obviously, we all went through some dirty water last year, too. So uh, our team is, you know, experienced. We have guys who have been here since, you know, 2017, the dig, year zero. Uh, everybody understands. Uh, it's one thing Coach Fleck does a really good job of as well as in our team meetings talking about our past. You have to embrace your past to create your future. And so it's, it's a collective unit, and our guys do an elite job of understanding where we've been at uh, and where we're headed. That's Tanner Morgan, and that's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham.
1340 KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap on a rainy Thursday morning here in the Lakes area. The NFL preseason is done. Final cuts have been made. And now we've got September 12th circled on our calendars. That's the Vikings season opener at Cincinnati. We're joined on the phone by Sam Ekstrom from Purple Insider and purpleinsider.substack.com. Sam, how are you today, man? Doing excellent. Um, it's a, another beautiful day in the Twin Cities. Uh, about to head out to uh, Vikings practice. So it's been a, a pretty hectic, busy days for, for the Vikings and, and people uh, covering them as well, with, with final cuts having to be made at 3 o'clock last Tuesday. And then just a whole bunch of, of, of unexpected cuts on, on Tuesday. You, you can look at the, the Everson-Griffin situation where they, they brought him in and then they cut him. And, and, and maybe in the back of our heads we knew that something was going to happen to get Everson back on the roster. Were you all uh, freaked out or surprised when you saw Everson on the cut list on Tuesday? You know, I I was a little bit surprised, um, but I think what we're realizing is is that the three week injured reserve is changing the way that rosters are constructed. And as long as that's going to be around, I think we're going to see a lot of this, where vested veterans with low guarantee or non guaranteed contracts become quote unquote expendable for the sake of preserving younger players on their roster and not subjecting them to waivers. Um, That's the whole reasoning behind this. So the Vikings did the same thing with their long snapper, Andrew DePaula. They cut him to more or less save a young player from kind of getting eaten up in the, the waiver wire frenzy. And then they transferred three players yesterday to three week IR. And then with those roster spots, they re-signed players back. Um, teams are much more incentivized to use that three-week IR than they are the, the six-week pup list, the physically unable to perform list, which is a lot longer term, uh, keeps you out for almost half the season. The three-week IR is much more convenient. So teams are going to use that option more and more, which is going to mean more of this cycling through. So as far as Griffin is concerned, he was awesome in the game. Uh, he had three pressures in four snaps, Zeke. I mean, you can't be any more efficient than that. So if it was a a probationary kind of signing where they wanted to see where he stood and whether he could still do it, I think he answered that resoundingly, yes, he still could. So it was surprising to me that they would have cut him after that. Um, And I think it makes sense that he, you know, immediately the next day, Resigned, and I think uh, it, the roster is starting to look a little more like we expected it would now that some of the dust is settling on these procedural moves. Look at the procedural moves and, and, the, and the practice squad uh, this season. You've got Amir Abdullah, uh, last year's uh, kick returner, and Dakota Dozier, a 16 game starter. And take the, we'll, we'll leave the Dakota Dozier story for, for an, another day, but a lot of uh, NFL experience on this practice squad for the Vikings. Yeah, and this is another change that the league made in part because of COVID last year, but it might be something that lasts forever. They've expanded the practice squad. They've opened it up so that more veterans are eligible, and they've made it so that you can more easily activate and deactivate players from the practice squad um, with no risk of them hitting waivers. You can, you can activate them twice for free. Um, which is huge for teams. So more or less, the practice squad is an extension of the roster. You know, now if they need um, a veteran corner, for instance, this year, they've got two of them on the practice squad. Perry Nickerson and Ty Smith are both 
veterans that have been around the block, especially, you know, Ty Smith is not a bad player from what he showed in Tennessee. Um, you know, d- people will roll their eyes at Dakota Dozier, but, you know, it's probably better to have uh, an eight-year veteran guard on your practice squad than it is a, like, you know, seventh-round pick from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there are benefits to it. And the Vikings now have four pretty decent veterans at their disposal, maybe with the exception of Dozier, who people, you know, are, are probably never going to forgive for last season. Um, but that is useful to the team and kind of keeps their options open on Sundays. So if they are shorthanded, it's not a catastrophe. They have reinforcements right there in the building. Look at the, at the tight end position. Uh, tight end this season, not exactly how we uh, we thought it would go. I, I think the text that I saw from Irv Smith to Tyler Conklin after it was announced that Conklin is likely to be the number one guy in Cincinnati was uh, – Go get paid. Irv Smith Jr., uh, likely done for this season. Original timetable on Smith's knee I saw was like four weeks to six months, but now likely done for the year. And the Vikings went out and made a couple tight end roster moves yesterday as well. Tell us about those. Yeah, so Chris Herndon it gets traded for. That was sort of the, the precautionary move in case this Irv Smith surgery went, you know, poorly in the sense that they found out he was going to be out for a long time, and that seems to be how it went. Uh, they got into the knee. They realized he was going to be out for uh, a long term. So the trade looks pretty good now in retrospect. Chris Herndon, um, fourth-year player, same timetable as Herb Smith, came into the league in 2018. He um, Actually, I'm sorry, one year, one year more experience than Herb. He was really good as a rookie, 500 yards, four touchdowns, uh, got suspended, got hurt in 2019, barely played. And then in a dysfunctional Jets team last year, really struggled. I think that the big red flag on Herndon is that he couldn't stick around. I mean, they changed coaches and changed quarterbacks, and he was supposed to be a focal point to that offense, and he got beat out by everybody mm-hmm. on that uh, Jets tight end depth chart. So I think the concern is, well, maybe his head's not in the game. Maybe he hasn't been the same since his injuries. Um, and, and that's valid, but you're not going to get a perfect player when you trade for him at the last second. So I think the Vikings have to hope that change of scenery can sort of rejuvenate him, get him back to his rookie form where he was legitimately, you know, a top 10 tight end in the league. Um, and then Ben Ellison, you know, the local guy, yeah. went to NDSU. They actually claimed him on his birthday yesterday, his 25th birthday. Uh, I don't think we know much about him. I mean, he's an undrafted guy. He had one catch for Jacksonville last year. Um, he's a little bit on the shorter side. I think I think the Vikings are just looking for depth, right? I mean, they don't have a lot of it at tight end right now. Tyler Conklin's coming off a hamstring, so in case something were to kind of flare up again on him, they want to make sure they have an NFL talent behind um, Herndon. Um, you know, and Brandon Dillon is their other tight end, and he only has one career catch. So they've got two tight ends with one career catch, and then they're really counting on Conklin. And the irony of what you, you just said there with Irv telling him to get paid is that Irv was probably going to get paid after, after this year because yeah. Irv was you know, heading into that um, contract year next year. That's usually when the team likes to extend their, their high draft picks. Um, Irv was possibly sitting on a gold mine, and now he's going to have to wait. Conklin goes into his contract year with a chance to be a number one tight end and a chance to earn his next deal. So with the uh, the lack of tight end depth, and you could say even lack of tight end confidence at this point, do you think the Vikings go to more three receiver sets in their offenses here, or do they do they try and force it with that 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 tight end in there? Yeah, Mike Zimmer has already said as much that they will probably go to more three wide instead of 
putting Irv in the slot, for instance, uh, they probably don't know what Herndon can all do yet. And Herndon doesn't really know what he's getting into with this offense. I think he's got a little bit of familiarity from the one year he spent with Rick Dennison um, in New York in 2018, but that was three years ago now. Uh, he's going to need some accl- acclimation. Obviously, Ellison's going to need some acclimation. So early on, you know, if, if Brandon Dillon and Tyler Conklin are sort of their only viable tight ends, um, I think they'd rather have a more explosive wide receiver on the field than sort of the marginal Brandon Dillon, who mm-hmm. is not necessarily that. Um, will they have D.D. Westbrook healthy week one? We don't know for sure. Um, he's slowly, methodically working his way back. K.J. Osborne excites me a lot. He's been my favorite player in camp, but he still hasn't really proven it yet in an NFL game. He's still looking for his first catch um, in the regular season. So there are question marks really at tight end and receiver as far as depth goes. But I think if you're going to have you know, an extra body on the field, you'd rather have a speedy playmaking wide receiver than sort of a lumbering tight end who's more of a blocker. That's just kind of you know, common sense. Uh, to get guys that can do stuff with the ball in their hands when they're on the field. Look at the quarterback position. Uh, Kirk Cousins, the QB1. Kellen Mond, his backup. Uh, interesting move made by Seattle, cutting Sean Mannion yesterday. Do you think the Vikings go after Sean and bring him back to be the number two? Uh, I do, actually. I think that would make a ton of sense. Um, it's not the boldest maneuver of all time. Sean Mannion has only played basically in two meaningless regular season games in his career. But he's got system knowledge. Uh, he sort of has the, the trust of Kirk Cousins. They work well together. He's a super hard worker. He's not going to be a threat to Kirk Cousins. He's not going to rock the boat. He's the perfect backup for this team that's a little bit um, drama-averse. They mm-hmm. don't want to have any kind of noise in the quarterback room. And Kellen Mond's just not ready to be a, a, a quarterback, too, right now. I mean, even though he had a nice fourth quarter in the third preseason game, Everything before that screams that he needs more time. So the Vikings, I think, will definitely bring someone else in. Uh, Mannion would make the most sense. There's also a journeyman out there that they could, you know, uh, go with. But, you know, no, no backup quarterback prospect is going to be perfect at this point. Uh, so if you bring in the guy who knows the team well, like Mannion, I think that probably makes the most sense. What about Cam Newton? You think that the Vikings kick the tire on Cam? <laughs> Matthew, my uh, my business partner, and I talked about that on our podcast for last night. And, you know, we both agree that if, if you're looking for upside, if you're looking for, you know, talent, Cam is the way to go, obviously. I mean, he's been to the Super Bowl. He looked really good before he got COVID-19 last year with New England, and he was dealing with a very um, pared-down roster with the Patriots. Um, and I, I think if, if you're just trying to go all in this year and give your best chance to win, if Kirk Cousins is out, then by all means, go get Cam Newton. Um, but there is a concern, like I said, that maybe brings a little bit of, of drama into the locker room, but certainly a lot of attention. And as we've seen, Zeke, I mean, this, this is an issue. Uh, Mike Zimmer cares about vaccination status. Yep. Um, Kirk Cousins is not vaccinated. He's been upset about that. Um, Kellen Mond is not vaccinated. He's upset about that. Cam Newton is uh, reportedly not vaccinated, and that would probably be a problem as well. So I think that the, the backup probably has to check that box in Mike Zimmer's eyes. Um, if they were to, you know, sort of push that to the side, then, yeah, Cam makes sense. But 
would Cam accept that kind of role here? Uh, I don't know. I think he might wait until someone gets hurt and he has a chance to maybe go start instead of sit on the sidelines. Talk to Sam Axtrum for Purple Insider. Sam, what have you guys been working on at the website this week? Well, we've got a kind of an interesting piece this morning comparing Kurt Cousins' supporting casts and kind of, you know, judging them all against what it's going to be this year. You look back to his Washington days, his early Vikings days, and I think what we've come to realize is without Herb Smith, his supporting cast isn't particularly strong this year, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. So um, that's maybe a little bit of a concern for Vikings fans. You can check out the article to get all the details purpleinsider.substack.com Perfect. Sam Extra on Purple Insider. Thanks for joining us today. Have fun at training camp and we'll chat again soon. Thanks a lot, Zeke. Take it easy. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. Sweet. Dude. All right, thanks again to Sam Ekstrom from Purple Insider and PurpleInsider.com for joining me on The Wrap today. If you missed any of that interview with Sam, you can go back and listen to it momentarily online at KDLMRadio.com. You can also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcasts from, as well as the Purple Insider podcast. We do play uh, an episode of Purple Insider's podcast on KDLM Saturdays at 10 o'clock. And just a, just a reminder that Coffee with the Coaches from Burger King returns this Saturday at 9 o'clock as well. So Saturday lineup is 9 o'clock Coaches Show and 10 o'clock Purple Insider. Here's what's coming up today. Uh, this is all pending weather, of course. We'll keep an eye on the skies to find out if we will have Laker boys soccer tonight. They're scheduled to take on Hillcrest Lutheran Academy at home. And that's the game we'll have on KDLM tonight starting at 7 o'clock. You've got Laker volleyball on the road in Bemidji tonight as well. Lakers losing to DGF in straight sets on Tuesday. Looking to get in the win column for the first time this young season in Bemidji tonight. Of course, you got the, the Gopher football home opener, regular season opener against Ohio State. We will have that game at some point tonight. We'll either join in progress after Lakers soccer or pending weather cancellations with that soccer match. We'll have uh, Gopher football a pregame show at 5 o'clock, kickoff at 7. Otherwise, Lakers soccer at 7, and then we'll join Gopher football in progress. Here's coming up tomorrow. Very exciting show tomorrow. We're going to be joined not only by Keith Brake from Bison 1660 to preview the Bison's season opener on Saturday, but tomorrow the University of St. Thomas was supposed to have their home opener, and it's been canceled. So we're going to have former Laker running back linebacker Gabe Hannonen, who now plays for St. Thomas. We'll have Gabe on the Sports Wrap tomorrow to talk about uh, the the challenging start to his collegiate career because St. Thomas didn't play any games last year. Their first game of the year was postponed this year, so he has to wait another week to finally become a become a, that Division One linebacker with in-game experience. We'll talk to Gabe Hannonen from St. Thomas tomorrow as well as Keith Brake from Bison 1660. Don't miss it. Sports Wrap begins tomorrow at 9.30 here on KDLM. That's right for the Sports Wrap. We're back tomorrow, like I said, at 9.30. You're in tune to KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Quick CBS News break, then we'll start those classic hits.